Hello and welcome to the Spoon Carving Conversations podcast, where I talk to spoon carvers from around the world about how and why they carve spoons. I'm Simon Pooley, and today I'm talking to Marlon Machado. He lives in Brazil and started carving spoons for the first time in 2019 and has been carving them ever since then. We talked about his carving process, his great chip carving decoration, and the use of local wood varieties such as tamarind, guava, and mango. I enjoy talking to him a lot and hope you enjoy listening. Hi, Marlon. So thanks, uh, thanks for talking to me today. I look forward to ask you, asking you some questions. Hi, Simon. Yeah, it's nice to be talking to you today. Yeah, after Thank we... Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thanks for uh, accepting. We talked a little bit on Instagram where I meet actually most of my guests now, most of my interaction with other other spoon carvers is on Instagram and we had some comments there and uh, yes, I'm really happy to see the people then in real life. It's really fun for me. I saw one of, I looked through your Instagram. Normally when I have a guest on, I look through their, their pictures and go back a little bit to see what was the first thing they posted and how they're changed possibly. And your first post I saw was December um, 2020, so not so long ago. And it was like no, a no. super nice spoon, like a very fancy spoon. I, I, I guess that was not your first spoon, am I right? No, I have a picture of my first spoon on Instagram, but it, I posted it a few weeks ago. Uh, just because somebody asked me, what was your first uh, spoon like? So I, I have the picture of the first spoon on Instagram. But actually, I started spoon carving on April 2019. So almost two years now. Yeah. Okay, cool. And that spoon you posted, your first spoon, did you write that? Or did you just uh, post the photo and not mention that? Because I don't think I... No, no, I... I... I mentioned it. Yeah. Um, I, I can't recall which date it is, but uh -huh. yeah, I can I can send it to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it will be cool for, for me to see. And uh, yeah. what? So what? Tell me a bit about this first spoon. What sort of wood uh, is it, or what kind of spoon was that? Uh, it was a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it had a handle and it had a bow and. <laughs> I think that that's how most people start then and it I was very proud of it when I carved it because uh, I mean for to make a spoon it's a functional object so you have something that you can use at the end so yeah and it's not my best spoon for sure <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, at the start, I guess that's it, a handle, a bowl and just something spoon, but it wasn't even specifically like a, an eating spoon or a serving spoon? No. Uh, if I would define it today, it looks more like a ladle, but mm -hmm. without a crank in the okay. handle. So it's just a flat piece of wood with a bowl yeah. and very deep. And I think when we are starting, we all carve two deep bowls. Mm -hmm. Later that we realize, oh, actually for a cooking spoon, it should be uh, flatter and, and not so deep. So, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. My first ones, I made uh, eating spoons more at the start because I, 
I, I'm not 100% sure, but because I wanted to use it and have like my special spoon, but for sure my bowl was so deep and I'm not quite sure why, I guess because uh, normal spoons, they appear to be quite a bit deeper, a normal metal spoon, right? Uh, well, I also started carving uh, eating spoons because I like the challenge uh, to, to carve something that you can use every day uh, and not only for cooking. But yeah, I think when I started, I, I was only, I, I did not have anybody to teach me. So I was only uh, looking through YouTube and seeing videos of other people doing it. And almost everything I learned to, through YouTube, um, videos by uh, uh, Z Outdoors, yeah. uh, Woodsman's Finest also, Max, yeah. and Spawn Carving with Tom, Tom Scandian. Yeah. And yeah, I think those videos are the ones that really impressed me the most. Yeah. And, but then my first eating spoons were basically, I don't know how to define them, but they, 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 they were okay. You could use them, but they are not so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does take just that that time right to figure those things out and for me helped a lot was to um yeah use my own spoons and then to buy some spoons of others with much more experience and i looked and i realized yeah like exactly that they were not so deep and even if they were deep they tapered nicely to the end and that's one thing i've realized recently is it can be reasonably strong but you really have to have a nice smooth uh tip of the spoon for it to be a, a nice yeah. eating spoon so that was one thing yeah, to buy other and just to realize how fine um, I can go. All of my spoons at the start were rather chunky. We're like pretty yeah. thick. Yeah, mine too. I think that that was the problem. Uh, I, I made them at the start, I made them too chunky and too thick. Mm. And they were, they were not nice <laughs> to use. <laughs> yeah. But like you, I also was buying spoons from other people. And... Yeah. The best one that I got was from uh, Tom Scandian, from, from Spoon Carving with Tom. So yeah. I managed to, to get one spoon from him. And basically, I learned a lot from, from studying his spoon. And yeah, I think my, my eaters are now are basically evolved from his spoon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The videos is a big uh, a big help, but yeah, having it in your hand and it definitely influences you, right? Like when you use it and look at it, for sure yep. it soaks in. Even if you're not copying his spoon, and he has a his own spoon, I would say that he produces over and over. But for sure, you take elements and ideas from yeah, from his work. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, no, no, I, I cannot copy exactly his spoon, but I mean, lots of elements, how thin the bow is, mm -hmm. how uh, the form, the geometry and the crank and mm -hmm. all the, the details that you cannot really get from just watching a video. You just have to have the object in your hands. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. 
and then so you started yeah not so long ago and your your spoons are yeah really really nice from what i could tell with the pictures there you you learned very quickly oh, and so what was it initially that gave you the idea to carve a spoon a few years ago uh, i have always been interested in carving but mostly whiteling to to make small uh, figures small i don't know small sculptures of uh -huh. animals or people or mm -hmm. but yeah then i saw uh, uh i think i saw a video on youtube on spoon carving and said and i thought to myself well that that must be really cool because it's something useful not just something to catch um dust in a corner mm -hmm. but something you can actually use so i decided to give it a go and i haven't stopped since so i'm still hooked to spoon carving <laughs> uh, that's interesting but i also have something similar where i i started when i started carving wood it was spoons because the same idea i can use it and then i had my my wife and some people ask me why I don't carve more uh, creative things like figures and toys. There's some nice stuff you can make and there's yeah. people making really cool little carved um, animals and figures. But yeah, for some reason, the spoon is for me, allows enough creativity that, and it still has the usability. So the figure might be nice and definitely you can play with a lot of ideas but the fact that within the spoon it has both elements is something i think that keeps me coming back to it yeah i agree i mean for me the fact that this something you can use is it has a function mm -hmm. and you cannot really go much outside of this shape i mean there is this basic shape you have to follow mm -hmm. but then there are infinite options of how to decorate, how to shape this way and that way, and to add some movement or to make, I don't know, there are lots of mm -hmm. different ways of how you can carve a spoon, but this, the object itself is very simple. It's very, uh, there is a frame to it. Yeah. So you can work within that frame and be creative but it's not just because of the creativity, really. It's uh, the process of carving. I find it really enjoyable. I mean, it's very peaceful. You will start carving and you forget about everything else. <laughs> yeah. And after a while, you spend, I don't know, one hour, two hours, and then you have a spoon. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's a question I asked another guest. and. And it's interesting thing to the way you describe how you feel when you're carving spoons now is um, yeah relaxing. But I also asked the previous guest, is it always relaxing? Because for me, I definitely have a very energizing side to it where I'm going, going, going. And I can, even if I was tired and I started, then sometimes it gives more energy. So it's not, it's, it's both for me. So it's quite an interesting thing. Is it more Ah, you feel very at peace later, or does it give you more energy? Maybe you fit, you understand a little bit how I'm describing it of giving energy. Okay. Also. No, I, I understand it. I mean, 
for me, it's like if I have to uh, carve something that somebody else asked me to carve, then I have to be very precise and I have this, how can I say? I have Focus. this tension. Yeah. Uh-huh. If I'm carving for myself, then it's more relaxed. I don't know if that's what you mean, but anyway. Yes, I would say so because I've been playing with the different types of spoons and some where I uh, have a very idea in my head of how I want it to be. And I want it to be a very clean, symmetrical, and I'm really focusing in, um, yeah, to make it symmetrical and everything very even. And I'm playing with the other side of it after talking to my guest, Jazz, who does very instinctive and and it's quite interesting going back and forwards. And I like both the focusing in, but I also like just chopping and seeing what happens and having, yeah, asymmetrical, slight, not worrying about the details. And this is just very like relaxing for me. And the other okay. one is this focus, um, tension. <laughs> Same with the colorosing. Yeah. And for you, yeah. I guess, chip carving, which you're amazing at. How did you get so good at this? Well, chip carving, I don't find it really difficult. I mean, it can be really difficult. If you just search on Instagram for ship carving, you get really amazing work. But yeah. in the form of plates, in the, the form of wall hangings or something like that. But also known spoons. I mean, if you look at spoons from Jenny Spoons, yeah. or Luis Salesa is another one who really makes perfect ship carving. Uh, my work pale really <laughs> it's not really that that good <laughs> okay but yeah i have tried corrosing as well but for me it's too finicky you have to really concentrate on the lines and uh, uh, it stressed me more than it relaxed <laughs> me so i decided i don't don't really want to to do much corrosing but chip okay. carving is okay did you i guess maybe you from your work before carving figures and things you had a good understanding for how the grain works and how the knives work and cut because yeah yeah. it could be Mm -hmm. probably (laughs) i think so because if somebody looks at your work for me (laughs) it looks like amazing like yeah really really good and i've just tried a little bit with the chip carving and it wasn't something that came natural to me yeah you have one Uh, there your show yeah, this is one I, I was just carving this morning before I, I jumped in here. Yeah, wow, beautiful. Yeah, it looks really nice. When you do the chip carving, do you have, I mean, I don't know much about it. It was something I planned to get more into, but I'm a bit hesitant because I think I should practice on other bits of wood as some people suggest but I don't I feel like that's kind of wasting my time in a way I'd rather just carve another spoon but I also don't want to just try it on a nice finished spoon and ruin a spoon so I'm kind of stuck a bit there I mean not every every spoon you carve is the perfect spoon so you probably have a pile of spoons that you say yeah okay that that's not so good but it's it's a spoon so I also have a pile of spoons that are not so good. So I use those to to uh, to try new 
uh, patterns of ship carving. And if it is, looks okay, good. If not, then I say, okay, it was just a test mm -hmm. and nothing is really wasted. But I do not really do ship carving on separate uh, pieces of wood. I, I do mm -hmm. always on, on the spoon itself. Mm -hmm. Also, if I destroy the spoon, it's okay. It's just a spoon. I can carve another one. Yeah. Uh, especially on the cooking spoons that have more flat uh, and bigger handles. Uh, I mean, you can just use it as a canvas and try different patterns and see what works. Yeah. Uh, on eating spoons, I have not really tried ship carving much because uh, at the end of carving an eating spoon, I think, oh, you look already so beautiful. I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah to, to try ship carving on you but on on bigger spoons with bigger handles or even if it's not as big but with more flat handles because yeah. uh the eat spoons i carve they don't have flat handles they are i think it's called saddleback mm -hmm. i mean they are rounded on the sides and also they have a curve mm -hmm. so yeah, it's 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 more difficult to carve ship carving on those. Yeah, I mean, I have not really tried because yeah. 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 Uh, so let's, let's see. So this curve here. Yeah. And also on the sides, you have from one side to the other. So you have the, the upper surface of the handle sloping down and the bottom of the handle sloping up. Yeah, right? exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, so you do that mostly for the feel of it? Yes, it feels really good. Yeah. It's, and... um, I think it's a mix of influences. It's like a dolphin spoon, but with a saddleback handle. Mm -hmm. that, that's if I had to describe the eating spoons that I do, that, that's how I would describe it. It's uh, dolphin style because it has this hump yeah. near the bowl. Yeah. And also because the handle has this saddle, saddleback uh, form. And you have a nice uh, upward slope. I can't, like a con concave, I would call you have the hump on the at the yeah. end of the bowl and then a nice concave flowing up. And is this something, yeah, you do now, most of your spoons have this shape? Uh, they, eat, they eat in spoons, yes, mm -hmm. because I find it very comfortable. I have tried uh, other shapes, more Scandinavian type with flat, uh, big flat area, but I, I don't think it's so nice to hold like this shape. So that's, that's the shape I'm doing mostly now. Yeah, I've seen you do a few um, like sets, uh, a few of the same spoon uh, with, um, yeah, sometimes six, seven, eight or more, more of the same shape. So when you do that, do you use templates? When you do? Yes, uh, I, I usually I make one spoon. I like the shape of it. Then I have a template cut from, from paper, really, just uh, uh, the outline. So I, I know the shape. Then I can draw this outline to the blank. 
So when axing, I can go and have more or less the same outline. Then I carve uh, several of the same, but the outline is just to, to prepare the blanks. So it's not really a template later when I'm carving the spoon. Yeah, it's just to give you the rough form. It's not here. Yeah, the traditional yeah. template where you draw exactly and cut exactly no, to the no. line. Okay. Yeah, but that's a yeah, challenge. I, one huh? thing that I like to do is, is to carve uh, several of the same form so I can get used to that form. And I mean, if you ask me to, to carve uh, an eating spoon now without thinking, like I would get the... the uh, the wood, I would accident the, the blank, I would carve it. And at the end, you would look this one that I just carved without any template compared to other ones I have carved before and would think, wow, they look identical because uh -huh. I got already so used to, to the shape. Yeah. Uh, it's muscle memory, as they say. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you really have that particular one, like embodied, ingrained, you can do it in your exactly. sleep nearly. Ah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah, never I, done I, this. I don't mind carving the same shape over and over and over. Uh, some people I, I see on Instagram, some people saying, ah, I, I don't like to carve the same spoon twice. I am always trying a different one. Yeah. I am the opposite. I Okay, I carved different forms, but for one particular form, say uh, eating spoon, I try to carve the same form over and over until I get it just right. Yeah. So that, that's how I like to do. <laughs> and you don't have that with, um, because yeah, you do carve a, a, a variety of spoons like servers and longer handled shorter different shapes with the other spoons you haven't found that yet like one that really uh calls out to you to do it again and again or have you um not really i mean if somebody asks me to replicate one spoon that i did before if i still have the spoon i can just copy the outline and do like I said before, just, just have the whole outline and then carve something similar. Yeah. But yeah, for, for the other forms that I carved, I don't really have a form that I'm trying to do over and over. But I do tend to carve in batches, like you said. Uh, you have seen on my Instagram, I make several of the same at the same time, more or less. Mm -hmm. So that also helps for me to get the, the form yeah. ingrained on, on, on my brain. Yeah, and then when you carve in batches, would you always take them up to the same stage? I don't know if you work like big, uh, multiple hours at the same time, or maybe you ax them all out and then you rough them all out and then you do all the bowls. Like, do you do each spoon at the same stage or do you do it all in one go? Uh, no, I, I don't ask everything at the same time because I don't have a way of storing too many blanks at the same time. I mean, I use the fridge, so yeah. I cannot take over the fridge with spoon blanks. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just make some blanks, carve them, and then if I need to make more of that same form, I, uh, I do more blanks. I, I ask more blanks and then carve those. Mm 
Uh, I always, I not always, but I prefer to carve a spoon from start to finish in one go. Uh, but then I let it dry and make finish cut cuts later or do a ship carving or something like that later. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I carve the 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 form, the rough off rolled out form uh first. So I have it almost finished, then I let it dry and do finish cuts. Yeah. And then you do another one as you go, okay. Quite different yeah. to me. Um, yeah, I've, I've talked to other people who do it like this and like to do more or less one at a time, whereas I have many going at the same time, like different shapes, um, different sizes, different styles, and at different processes. It's all kind of crazy, but it somehow works for me that I can finish a spoon if I want, if I have some time, or if I have more time, I axe, or if I have uh, not so much time, I can go and uh, rough it out some more so yeah it's kind of chaotic but it seems to work yeah yeah uh, you... I, I prefer i prefer to have one at a time because then i have the focus on that one mm -hmm. finish mm -hmm. that i mean not finish but at least finish carving and then the finishing cuts or decoration i can do it later so yeah. i have a pile of spoons that needs decorating but yeah they are basically done so I can use them already. <laughs> yeah. And do you have a, any sort of routine of when you carve? Like, do you have certain times where you carve or is this a bit as it fits throughout your day? How does that work? Yeah, as it fits throughout my day. I mean, I am, I'm carving almost every day. I mean, I had to stop for two weeks uh, because I had an eye operation, I told you. Yeah. But uh, I have been carving almost every day for the past year, I think. Yeah. <laughs> since, since the pandemic began, so <laughs> yeah. And yeah. because I have so many spoons, I started doing posting them on Instagram, mostly to show them off and see if I can sell some because I have just too many. <laughs> and, then, and then I got some requests for... Oh, I like this one. I would like two or three or four or five of the same and say, okay. Then I started doing these uh, batches of the same form. And that's also nice because it's a training of the form. So, yes, I like that too. Yeah. And those people mm, who you've sold to online so far, do you know, are they other spoon carvers themselves or is it other people that have found you on Instagram? Uh, do you know? Other people, mm -hmm. uh, not spoon carvers. I, I don't think I have traded spoons with other spoon carvers, but I have not sold any spoons mm -hmm. to other people who are spoon carvers. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, yeah, on Instagram, mostly the market is, I don't know, because I started my page exactly and called it Root Spoons, and it's just spoons. So, more or less, I'm just being followed by other carvers, I think. And then to sell spoons, yeah, it's not so easy. I posted recently, I offered some for sale and somebody said, uh, the Sousa said, oh, you'll sell them. And I said, oh, I don't know. And I haven't sold any yet because, yeah, I think it's only once you get a, 
either your spoons are so amazing or you get a bit of a reputation that other spoon carvers want one of your spoons. So it's nice that you have yeah. an audience for, from normal people also. Normal it's, people. It's not a big audience, <laughs> but I'm trying to grow it because, yeah, it can be a, a something to earn some money mm -hmm. from this hobby. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if you listen to Emmett's podcast. Yes, I sometimes do, yeah. Yeah, because he gives a lot of uh, good advice on how to, to sell spoons, I think. I, I, I am following many of his advices. Okay. So, uh, and one thing that I, I think, one thing that made me connect to people other than spoon carving, uh, the spoon carving community, outside of the spoon carving community, was to use hashtags uh that other people could look up so it's not just hashtag slide hashtag greenwood uh -huh. war yeah so it's, it's kitchen or you know hashtags yeah. that other people that are looking for kitchen items mm -hmm. would search on instagram and then they they can find my spoons okay yeah so that, that makes that, sense <laughs> that, i think that was what made the difference really yeah Ah, oh, that's yeah, definitely a way to attract. I didn't think about that myself, but yeah, more broad, huh? Cooking and uh, yeah, other hashtags. Hmm. <laughs> and those people then that have contacted you to buy, do you know? Are they? Um, is it mixed people local in Brazil? You're from living in Brazil, or is it I'm, worldwide? I'm in Brazil. No, no, just just local people uh -huh. in Brazil. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, another decision that uh, that I made was to have my posts on Instagram to have both uh, Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese, and English. Mm -hmm. So uh, it would attract, or it would be read by people here and also outside of Brazil. Yeah, I think that was a good move. <laughs> Definitely yeah. opens it up, huh? Having having both languages there although you can um translate often there's this feature you can just translate if it's just in in another language but some sometimes the translation is a bit weird translation not good yeah it's not so clear sometimes the translations could be confusing and you yeah. taking the effort to write it in english maybe not everyone uses this function and then having it in english makes it just yeah more accessible more easy yep yeah And so, yeah, cool. You're in, in Brazil. Um, I looked on a map because you marked your location and you're sort of um, inland a bit from Sao Paulo. Yeah. How far inland are you from there? Uh, from Sao Paulo, you, you have to be aware that Brazil <laughs> is a huge country. Yeah. So my the distance from where I am to Sao Paulo, it's probably like from where you are to France. <laughs> okay, so you don't it's really, drive to the beach on the, for the day. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really far. I mean, uh -huh. I am more or less in the middle of the country. Yeah, not and what's spot the, on on the middle, but yeah. Is it um, a, a bigger town? Is it rural? Once I saw on one of your posts, you showed a little bit, maybe your backyard, and it looked really yeah, it's sort of green and tropical and lots of bush. Describe a little bit. 
how it is where you live? Yeah, I live in a small town uh, uh, in the state of Minas Gerais. It's one of the bigger states here in, in Brazil. Uh, but it, this town where I live is not very far from the capital of the state, uh, Belo Horizonte. And uh, I live in a house, I don't live in an apartment, so I have a backyard. And yes, it was the rainy season and everything was green and lush, as you saw in, in one of my posts. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I think everything grows really weedy here during the growing season, so it's really a problem. And I usually ask my blanks outside on the garden, on the backyard, and then I carve uh, uh, inside. Okay. Because possibly in the rainy season, it's just a lot of rain. Yeah, so. I, I, I don't have a space just for carving outside. Uh, so I'm in the veranda or veranda of the house. So it's covered. It's outside of the house, but it's a covered space. Yeah. Oh, but I do not nice. have a, a, a workshop. I do not have a workshop. So I asked the outside uh, in the shade of a tree. Yeah. So I have my axing block there. Uh, the wood also I put in there. So it stays uh, uh, covered by the, by the tree. It stays in the shade. And then I take the blanks, bring it to the house and carve. Yeah and carve inside. Yeah. Then um, I guess you can, that was a, a question for people more like live carving in apartments and things. I do it also inside and I always sweep up like piles of wood chips and I throw them away. I'm wondering what's a better use of my wood chips possibly. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess you just throw them outside or what do you do with the, the wood chips? Do you have another use for oh, them? I, I, I make compost, I, uh -huh. I compost them. So. Yeah. I mix with uh, vegetables and also trimmings from the garden and have them aside in a pile so they will decompose. And that's also compost to, to use in the garden. Mm -hmm. I mean, the bigger chips from the axing block, then yes, those are the problem. But from the, the carving, the spoon itself, it's, it's okay. It's not too much chips. Yeah, they decompose. No, if they're not too big, they will decompose. Yeah, fairly yeah. quickly in the compost. Yeah. So, and in Brazil, you obviously have you all, all of your spoons. Like, I'm not familiar with any of the woods. Some of them I know, like uh, mango and guava. I know the fruit because I I love fruit, yeah. and I know a little these kind of fruit trees. But as far as carving the wood, I've got no idea. What? Um, yeah, how do you source your wood there? Where do you get the wood from? Uh, the wood, the wood that I get is mostly from from uh, trees that are cut. So people cut trees from the the backyards and leave the, the the trunks or the branches in the street for the uh, prefect, not not the prefecture. So to be removed. Uh -huh, to gets collected then, from the street. yes yep. to be collected from the street so when i'm 
cycling with my bike. I see some wood, then I get some. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes people tell me, "Wow, look, I have this tree here that I'm cutting. Do you want some wood?" So I said yes. <laughs> and also uh, near the roads because the uh, the trees they grow really fast here because of the climate. Some of the trees are weeds. I mean, there is one tree that I use, uh, the Hever tamarind, that, that's Leucena leucocephala. It's an uh, introduced uh, plant here in Brazil, so it's not native, okay. and it's uh, uh, invasive. It, it grows everywhere, and it's, it grows really fast. So there is always the, the crew from, from the road maintenance crew. They are always cutting trees from, from this and living in by the side of the roads. So yeah, it, sometimes you want some specific wood and then you don't have it. I mean, guava wood is excellent to carve. Yeah. Uh, but it's not always that I find a guava tree because people want them in the backyard to give fruit. Yeah. So it's not always that I'm able to find uh, wood from guava. But from other woods, uh, uh, like I said, the river tamarind, that, that's very common. So I can find it very frequently. Is this t- t- tamarind? It would, is that right? I would say tamarind. Is this the one that some people eat and make a tamarind paste no, from? No, no, no. This is something no, else. No, no. Okay. It's, it's, it's just the same name, but it's a different tree. Uh-huh. Uh, the scientific name is Lucena. And it's from Central America, and I, I don't know if it's also from the south of Mexico. But the fruits are used for for eating, but it is run unrelated to the fruit called tamarind. Mm, okay. That that that's from from India, I think, from Asia. Okay. And but what's... I, I guess I guess it's because the fruit's similar in shape. Okay. Yeah, interesting but... because I. Uh, no, I, I'd, uh, I'd love to try because for me, quite a fun part of it too is not just the form of the spoon and thinking about this, but yeah, learning about the trees and f- yeah, working with the different kinds of woods because they're all very unique, but I've not done this. So you probably haven't used a lot of woods mm-hmm. many Europeans are, are doing and, and people yeah. from the States are huh? like cherry you always see and all these fruit trees. Have you ever tried those things? I mean, mango and, and, and guava are fruit trees. Oh, that's <laughs> but, true. <laughs> yes, I haven't tried, yes, I haven't, I haven't tried cherry or, or any of those apple. Okay, sorry, that just broke up there for a moment. Um, no problem. You were talking about, yeah, the other, the fruit trees around you, mango and guava and things. Yes, I'm, I'm, I was saying that uh, you use what is local, what's locally available to you. So for you, it is cherry and apple and these trees, birch. But for me, I do not have those trees here. So I use what's available locally. And I think because I have some spoons made from cherry uh, that I swapped with people from other places, from from Europe. And guava is actually very similar the texture and and the density of the wood. So I think the one that is most similar to cherry here is guava. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I like the texture. A lot of the, the woods you use to have um, quite interesting colors and textures and it's not from spalting always, is it? Like some of the trees you use, they have some, just some, interesting grain. Yeah. Some, some have a uh, nice grain. I mean, the, the Leucena, the, the Hever Tamarind, it is really nice uh, yellow color egg. Like when you put the oil on it, uh, the wood looks like uh, uh, the color of egg yolk. So it's oh, wow. really yellow. Uh, but the problem here is because the humidity is very high. So the wood spouts really quickly before I can use it all. Usually I have spotted you wood. Yeah. And there are different fungi that spouts wood. One that I like, it's one that uh, makes streaks of gray. So on a spoon like uh, made from, from the Leucena, I will show you here. It has yeah. this uh. kind of color. So the black, the dark patches are because of the fungus and then the yellow more or less yellow is because of the wood itself it's the, the original color okay yeah big contrast but it's not the typical spalting you see in birch which is often kind of lines this is yeah it's, it's like a i moss. think because they are different fungi so mm. different fungi can give different patterns and colors yeah and I, do you like enjoy that or would you, or do sometimes you try to use the wood to especially not have spalting, to have a very plain, well, not plain, but to avoid this coloration or do you actually enjoy it? No, I enjoy spalting. Sometimes it's un unavoidable, unavoidable because uh, mango, for instance, I can cut mango today, but I have big chunks of mango. I cannot use it all. So I live in the garden. In two weeks, it's already starting to spout. Oh, wow. It's really yeah. quickly. So I, I cannot avoid having spouted mango. for, Unless, of course, I process it all in blanks and put it in the fridge. Then I do not have a house anymore because it's all wood. <laughs> yeah, or, or freezer. I've actually got a... Um... A second big chest freezer which is quite useful so i don't have to like clog up the fridge too much with my bags of wood and spoons <laughs> uh, yeah so this is one way to kind of avoid that problem is to yeah freeze it pretty soon after i split it and things mm. but guava it does not spout so easily mm -hmm. so i can just leave the blank uh, in a plastic bag no problem without having to put it in the fridge. Yeah. So yeah, there are different differences between the, the wood types that I use. Yeah. <clears throat> what would you say dictates what you do next? Maybe for me, sometimes it's, um, I like to have a few different spoons in case I want to give them away or in case somebody wants to buy it. I like to always have a few scoops, a few cooking spoons, a few eating spoons, yeah, available to, to give away or sell. So sometimes this dictates if I don't have any scoops, I think ah, I'll do a few scoops. Um, another thing which influences me is Instagram again, just 
looking through other people's work yeah. and seeing something where I'm like, hey, that looks really cool. I want to try this. Um, once you sell, it might be somebody requesting like, hey, I want to, to buy these spoons. What generally influences you to decide this is the next one I want to make? Um, the form that I like to carve most is uh, eating spoon, but that's the form that here in Brazil, at least, people don't use it because they, uh -huh. they don't have this concept of using a spoon for eating. Okay, so most yeah. people ask me, ask me for uh, uh, either cooking spoons or ladles. And cooking spoons are okay. Ladles, I really like to, to make. Okay. I, I like to make big forms. And scoops as well. Yeah. I, I, so yeah, I think it's like you said, um, I always make some forms and then I have pictures of them. Then people ask me, okay, could you make one of these particular one for me? I say, okay, yes. But I have sold mostly um, cooking spoons, ladles and scoops. Uh -huh, Those yeah. are the three forms that, that <laughs> people want here. So I have a pile of eating spoons that I don't know what to do with. Uh, I'm the same, me too. For me, they're the most fun and do, nobody really uh, <laughs> is used to using them or kind of is brave enough to, to do it. I think if, many, if people tried it, they would realize it's a very nice thing and they're perfectly good to use. And um, Yeah, I've been using wooden yeah. spoons since, <laughs> not since I started carving them, but yeah, since I made some that are good enough <laughs> yeah. to use. So, yeah, the, the thing with eating spoons is that you cannot really make it wrong because uh, your mouth, your lips, they are very sensitive. So the ring needs to be perfect. The depth of the bowl must to be perfect. It has to be thin in the bowl. So yeah, you, you you must get it right. So that's that's the challenge for me when I'm carving eating spoons. Cooking spoons, if it's a little bit deeper the bowl or a little bit shallower, it does not make really a difference. Yeah. And scoops, okay, you could make scoop that has exactly uh, a given amount of, I don't know, uh, one size, two sizes. Mm -hmm. I do not remember what's the English name for, for the different amounts of... Like the particular measurements, a tablespoon. Yeah, exactly, or, or, tablespoon uh -huh. yeah. or, or exactly. Yeah. So if you want to make that precise, then it must be a pen, but I don't really <laughs> make that precise. It's just a little bowl with a handle. Yeah. But eating spoons, they, they must really be precise. And then it takes the the people that are like in a way brave enough. I'm trying to think of another way, but the people that are willing to to like even try that, uh, which is not so easy. Maybe I just need to keep giving away lots of eating spoons, and then once they get used, the people might come back and buy another one for a friend or a family member. Yeah. Yeah. You so you enjoy the ladles? Do you? Um, 
there's different ways to do ladles. Some people use an adz. Uh, some people will use a, a, a gouge because just with a hook knife, that's how I've done it. That's quite a lot of work. Do you have a process for making your ladles? How do you do that? No, I, I just use the hook knife uh -huh. because I do not have an adz or, or really... I have some gouges, but they are small for, for miniature carving for, for details. So they're not, not useful at all to carve bows. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just use the hook knife. And the bows, I will show you here one. That That's the type of ladle that I do. Yeah, nice. Mm -hmm. So it's like, a, yeah, the bowl is sitting down, but it's not a, a very strong angle. Like it's not a... I don't know how to, like it's the not, classic it's soup not, ladle. It's more no, of a flat it's, ladle. It's, it's more like a flat ladle, deep. It's very deep, but mm -hmm. it has almost like a funnel shape. You know, yeah. it has it has a sloping sides. Yep, and there because, you don't go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, because I find this is this uh, mm -hmm. if you have very deep ladles like you have a, a, a cup with a handle, you have to move your arm a lot to get the liquid out. Mm -hmm. But yeah. with one like this, if you just tilt it a little bit, then you already have the, the liquid out. So I find this more useful. More practical, yeah. For me, one of the fun things was to play with a ladle, like the very deep ladle shape was just the working more with bent branches and finding that perfect um, bent branch shape, same as what you could do with eating spoons. Have you played with that much using bent branches? Yes, when I was uh, last year, when I was really starting to make a lot of spoons, I was trying to make from from uh, bent, from crooks like this, but. One, it's difficult to find lots of good crooks. Mm -hmm. So I started making them from, from straight grain wood. Okay. So my spoons and, and ladles and everything, scoops, it's, it's, I, I always use now uh, straight grain wood. Okay. Yeah, that's just easier. Also because I want to repeat a form uh, and then to be consistent i need to have the same form so i i use straight grain yeah i see yeah no definitely going with crooks and doing that is definitely the more you've got to use what you have which is fun but yeah it's different to to how you're approaching it trying to have a very consistent form yeah Ah, oh, it's cool. It's always so fun for me to hear how people, <laughs> how other people do it and think of it. Mm. Was there anything you struggled with at the start that you can remember? Maybe with a process while carving the actual spoon or sharpening or something like this? Or, or did that come pretty natural because you had already spent so much time with wood and with knives before? Uh, sharpening for sure was a pain uh -huh. at the beginning. Yeah. And then I started to use um, 
spawn carving with tone system and yeah. that really improved everything i mean using his system and using uh, 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 the strops but also the the what is called uh, uh, the paper that you use yeah. he uses adhesive sandpaper and he has it on sandpaper, uh, yes. on glass doesn't he yeah i, I yes i bought his system and i'm using it with the sandpaper with different grids and at the end i use the strobes and it made a lot of difference to the yeah. edge that i get now on the the spoon on the knives yeah what were you what how were you doing it before doing it this way uh with stones mm -hmm. but i don't know i did not have a good technique probably because i was not getting really sharp knives so my <laughs> yeah. struggle at the beginning was once you get a really good sharp knife and you make a cut you see the difference I yeah mean, with a very sharp knife you can see it's almost glassy the cut mm -hmm. if you look at it it reflects light it it's it makes complete difference so yeah at the beginning and i cut myself a lot of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i still struggle to uh sharpen the the hook knife but the good thing is i got a really good knife now from from uh miguel uh from portugal uh Belzebu crafts his okay. handle on instagram yeah and his knives are really good so i do not need to sharpen that knife that hook knife very often so that's okay if i just keep stropping it it mm -hmm. keeps an edge so before the one i had before was uh similar to tomorrow but not really a modern brand it was narex different brand okay and it was really difficult to keep the edge so I had to sharpen and strop it more often. And yeah, sometimes you just don't bother to sharpen that often. So <laughs> you end up with a, a, a knife that's not cutting very well. <laughs> and yeah, that, that was not nice. But now I have a better knife and I, I think I have improved my sharpening. So it helps a lot to have really sharp knives. Yeah, definitely. That's something too. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. It's easier with a, a, a better knife is easier to maintain, right? I also have yeah. a nice hook knife now with um, like a double rails on the inside. I don't know exactly, maybe you yeah. know what I mean, but rather than a flat, yes. it has the yeah. rails. And this is just for me so much easier to find that correct uh, angle to hit the bevel. And that's way nicer and same as you just stropping stropping way more than i used to i used to just probably do what lots of people did once it got so bad then i would i have to sharpen but now i'm uh, yeah stropping much more often and this is definitely i think the yeah. way to go huh? yes, just to that's, maintain that's, it. that's the way to go mm -hmm. maintain the edge and then you are okay yeah yeah i'm getting the hang of it too i've got a few uh bald spots on my arms now the 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 way tom always shows how sharp his knives are he just shaves a patch of hair off his arm or even single hairs that's crazy i, I haven't got to that level yet where he holds a single hair and slices it <laughs> like this 
but um, yeah, it's something else to, to learn and definitely helps to make better spoons, huh? Sharp knives. Yeah. Is there maybe one, one other question would just be, is there something you already have in mind where you want to go or certain things you want to try? Um, yeah, a certain direction you want to go in towards? Um, I, I'm thinking about uh, making different forms like cooks, cups. Mm -hmm. I haven't tried to carve those yet. So that's something that I, I planning to do. And maybe also start to, to, to make plates and bowls, build, build a, a pole late in the garden and try that as well. Oh, cool. That, that's, yeah. That's what I would like to try next, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. I, maybe that's a natural kind of progression. <laughs> huh? I see, I've seen other people kind of progress to that after the spoons to have a nice bowl or plate to go with it. So, and I guess nowadays, same with the spoon carving, I haven't looked, but I guess there's a lot of uh, resources if you look, no, for tutorials. Yeah. And, uh, good information. Yeah. There are lots. I have seen lots of, of, uh videos on youtube and also on instagram if you look on instagram there is also a lot of uh videos on igtv yeah. so yes there are i think now there are lots of resources for you if you want to to do these things yeah no it definitely makes it accessible right we're kind of i feel like we're spoiled like a little while ago you would have had to just learn so much on your own or find someone and now there's just so much information huh i think we both like you mentioned a bunch of names with tom and with these people um yeah the information is there and then you just have to try and yeah you can do it huh that's yeah. right yeah yeah and then uh because i got this information free if anybody asks me how to do it i'm always trying to to show well this way or that way uh, i don't know if you read uh, some of my instagram posts i am always trying to say well i did this like that and mm -hmm. because i think it's nice to pass the information on to other people as well not yeah, just definitely. show a picture of this is the spoon I carved, but that's how I carved and that's how, how I do it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I like to do the same. And I think that's why we kind of connected because I commented on yours and you commented a bit on, on the things I was sharing. So yeah, it's nice definitely to, to connect with others. So uh, yeah, hey, Marlon, thanks very much. Unless you've got uh, anything else you want to you want to say i would say yeah thanks very much for joining me it was uh it yeah, was fun again <laughs> yeah it was fun thank you very much nice yeah. talking to you thanks for listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed it if you would like to see and follow the work of marlin you can find him on instagram at marlin underscore c underscore machado if you want to contact me i would love to hear from you i'm on instagram at rootspoons Thanks and happy carving. Mm -hmm.